Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I'm Aaron Schweitzer your host for the Ben Don't Break podcast. If you're watching this on video today, we have our new backdrop, lovely orange, to uh, make our skin look well as we talk to you about this. Uh, today, we have Laura Handy, Executive Director of Heart of Oregon Corps. Laura has served Heart of Oregon Corps for 16 years, led the organization for over 10 years, and has executive experience networking in the community and building solid partnerships with local change makers. She has 20 plus years of experience in nonprofit management, programming, and leadership. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for being here. Um, maybe just for our listeners, talk a little bit about uh, Heart of Oregon Corps, what you guys do, what your mission is, and then we'll go you. Absolutely. Heart of Oregon Corps was established in 2000 by local leaders for local youth, and our mission really engages 16 to 24-year-olds to powerfully transform their own lives while they're transforming their community. So we operate work, earn, and learn programming that they get to uh, apply for and get hired into our youth earn wages and stipends while they do hands-on meaningful projects in the community that benefit the community, all while they're uh, earning certifications, perhaps a GED or diploma if that's still needed, and building their resume, um, both with those hard and soft skills that they need to take their next steps in their careers and their lives. Um, And so we really see uh, local youth as being part of the solution of of challenges that we face as a community and engage youth not just to receive services, but to be part of that solution and delivering delivering that service to their community. What would be a, what would be a Heart of Oregon Corps project? What, could you give me an example of if someone were an 18-year-old in this program, what are they going to Absolutely. Do? Yeah. Uh, our training areas are in construction of affordable housing, uh, natural resources of both private and public lands, mm-hmm. Um, We operate a thrift store in Madras, or I should say our youth operate the thrift (laughs) store in Madras, so customer service and retail. And then we also have a new child and youth development training track um, for young people that want to do child care or youth programming um, in the community. So a project could, usually they're hands-on and usually they're team-based. So it could be building an affordable home. We just raised the walls with First Story for a home in Bend yesterday. It could be a fire fuels reduction project with chainsaws and chipper and the whole nine yard. It could be a trail maintenance project. It could be selling a family um, at our thrift store some new sheets and towels they need for their new home Um, or volunteering with, say, uh, Parks and Rec uh, group or a nonprofit child care in the child and youth development track. So when some of these um, when some of these I don't want to call them kids are really adults at that point. Young adults. Uh, Yeah, they. uh, when they are working in a construction or service and service oriented thing, do these sometimes lead to like certifications, building certifications? I mean, I can imagine in the I know in that particular construction trades are 
you know, eagerly looking they for sure young are. people to uh, help. Does it does it transition into that? Do yeah, absolutely. Offer that? We offer um, internal and industry recognized certifications. So oh, wow. our youth build program is a BOLI recognized pre apprenticeship program, and they youth earn um, an NCCER construction trade certification along with their OSHA 10 and CPR first aid, of course, things right. like that. Um, in our natural resources conservation programs, youth can earn um, chainsaw certifications, wildland firefighting certifications, um, in, an, um, in addition to a, a range of other internal and external certifications. And natural resources, too, a lot of times it's that boots on the ground uh, training hours experience to uh, uh, demonstrate to a future hire, I have X number of hours in um, uh, f- fire fuels, or I have sure. Y number of hours yeah. in trail maintenance. And that really gives them a leg up if they want to go into um, public lands jobs at the local, state, or federal level. Right. How many um, How many young adults are in your program currently? Uh, well, we, in a given year, uh, we hire and train about 225 youth, um, about a hundred of those are just in the summer. Okay. Uh, we have two programs that are summer only and four Mm. others that are year round. Okay. Uh, uniquely too, are sometimes youth do more than one program, either within a year or across years. Um, and it's really fun to see them explore and grow and try out different things and get more and more involved in their community along the way. I know there's probably no, you know, one and only path that leads a young adult from where they are to coming into your program. But what would be, say, one of the more typical ways that somebody would come to um, be part of your program? Yeah, well, all youth can apply on our website. We have one application for all six programs. So it's easy, heartoforegon.org. You can explore there. We have a uh, awesome QR codes for videos for each program and to explore. Um, but young people, it really depends on the age in which program, you know, summer programs, it's a great first job. Uh, it's a lot more predictable than some of the jobs out there for teens, or you don't know what shifts you're going to get, or you're working on weekends. It's, you know, Monday through Thursday in the summer for our youth conservation Corps. Um, for some of our year round programs, there may be, um, if you're, if youth are still pursuing a GED or diploma, um, they usually come to Heart of Oregon Youth Build because they're on an alternative path than a typical high school path. And it's an opportunity to re-engage in that education while pursuing that workforce training. Um, And our natural resources year-round programs, it's really an opportunity for a next step, typically after high school um, or combined with other training. It's this rich team-based hands-on environment that is really peer-to-peer driven. Um, and so a lot of 18 to 24-year-olds that maybe aren't on a college path uh, and are really seeking something that's still a peer-rich environment and really yeah. satisfying and meaningful, the um, High Desert Conservation Corps, uh, year-round Conservation Corps, is a really cool opportunity for that. Yeah, I think of my own experience spinning out of high school and doing temp work and uh you know, it wasn't that appropriate. I can be honest. And I think something like this would have been much better if you had a group of other people your age and a, just in an environment mm-hmm. where you were pushed to learn a skill, you know, given some supervision. Um, cause that time when you're transitioning from high school and, you know, maybe you don't have the funds to go to college or maybe it had never been on your radar to go to college. Um, 
just being going somewhere where you can see some kind of path toward a future probably means a lot. And young people want to make a difference, right? They really do. They want to contribute. They have a lot to give. I think as a culture, we really underestimate Mm -hmm. how much 16 to 24 year olds are ready to give, even as they continue to learn. Um, and our programs have a direct impact in our community. You know, they protect us from wildfire. They're building affordable homes. They're hands-on doing things that really matter, um, address some of the changes that young people see in the world and want to make a difference about. So it's, it's a meaningful, it's, it's job training, but it's more than a job. Um, some of the positions are also AmeriCorps service positions. Um, and so they have that direct kind of service to your community and some of those benefits like the college scholarships that come with it. Yeah. I mean, I know that from having two boys who are now on the other side of 24, there, I mean, as much as, um, you know, that teens want to give back, I think there's, uh, a real perception sometimes that that, you know, there's a prejudice somewhat against that, that age group, especially boys like 16 to 24. And, they don't really have meaningful work and, or, and you're asking them, Hey, what are you going to do with your life? And they're like, I don't know. You know, that, that seems to be just a, a great place that you're, you're fitting in there because you are showing the value of, of these folks at this age and giving them that value back where, you know, a lot of times I think that that's not necessarily what they're going to get when they go in for a job interview. Yeah. And they, they connect with each other, you know, yeah. especially after the pandemic, you know, uh, young people are telling us, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm still the age I was when the pandemic first hit. And I, and they really point to the peer rich environment of Heart of Oregon Corps yeah. as like a team and a family and a crew. Yeah. You know, there's there's right. nothing quite like your crew after right. you've been in a conservation corps. And it's really an opportunity to have that hands-on environment. And then, you know, getting to go to all the amazing places in right. Central Oregon through our programming um, and and contribute to public lands that are right in your very backyard. How did you get involved in, uh, I mean, you're 16 years uh, helping with this, 10 years leading. What was your path to, to yeah. coming to this program? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I had done a lot of work with youth, even from when I was myself a youth, you know, speaking of yeah. peer-rich environments. Right. Um, and um, when I moved to Central Oregon in 2006, it really fit into my my past nonprofit and leadership experience. Um, I was hired on to implement our first AmeriCorps um, natural resources conservation crew. I was actually an AmeriCorps volunteer. Excellent. Um, And and really grew with the organization. I mean, Heart of Oregon, like I said, it was started by local leaders. You know, way back in the day, a crew leader had one van and worked with a certain alternative school and had tools and projects to do, and that was about it, right? Yeah. But we've really grown and developed programming, and I've been very humbly honored to be mm-hmm. able to grow with the organization. Um, stepped into the executive director role in uh, 2012 when our founder retired. I had led, you know, groups of youth in, in wilderness areas. I'd worked with uh, young girls who were incarcerated before and transitioning mm-hmm. out of incarceration in different communities. I've worked with youth political, you know, way back with youth political organizing campaigns where young people are trying to change things directly on the ballot. So I just, uh, from my own experience as a young person, fast forward, right? Like I just have that deep conviction in how much young people have to give and to offer and what they're capable of. And I think that the 
conservation core model and all our six programs really just addresses that in a way that's exciting and powerful and community connected yeah. and rich. So I, it's, it's constantly changing. We're constantly growing. So, um, I'm here to help it grow as, as long as that's the right, right fit for the organization. Yeah. This might be an odd question, but, um, what do you find most surprising about working with this population? I mean, coming up for yourself, maybe that's not something that is surprising to you, but what's something that people might not, people would be surprised to hear? I mean, I think it's not necessarily surprising, but just the deep resilience and creativity mm. of youth yeah. and how much they care and and thrive from positive role model coaching and support. Yeah. Um, by nature, young adults aren't very good at asking for it, but mm. they certainly thrive um, when it's when it's available to them in a situation that, you know, is the right type of environment. And yeah. just how deeply it matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for a lot of people in that uh, age group who might be listening, I hope they are, and it's, it would extend our demographic in a good direction. Um, and they're on their phones a lot, you know, and what you're talking about is something where they're going to use their bodies, they're going to they're gonna get physical with stuff. Do you, you, you must be encountering some of that, especially coming out of the pandemic where they're, people who are our generation that's a lot more digital, a lot more on their, on their phones. And what you're presenting to them is a very tactile, very physical experience. What, what is that transition? Like, is it a transition? Is that just a myth in my head or something? I mean, a lot of times it's a big click because yeah. a huge percentage of us are hands-on learners, right. right? And even those of us who aren't, I think we all understand the satisfaction of digging in the dirt or yeah. doing something you can look and point at and say, I did this. Yeah, you're talking right? to the choir. Yeah, sure. and so I think it's, and it's not that the digital goes away. You know, we love when we can engage our youth, say, in documenting the project and then right. helping us post it on social media, right, right? or um, other ways. So it's, it's a matter of blending and it's a matter of just providing those safe environments, right, to explore yeah, that. Sure. I think a, the biggest barrier is just that it's okay to be a beginner yeah. in any given hands-on skill, and that's okay, right? And that yeah. before you know it, you're going to be training the core member who enrolls in the cohort after you, right. you know, and you'll be the leader before you know it. Um, and so I think that's that's the biggest thing is just knowing that it just clicks into yeah. a, a pretty natural uh urge we all have, right. Yeah, to right. have, to have that real hands-on sure. experience and that real social experience. It, you know, recruitment, I think the, the hardest part is the front end to, to reach out and make sure young people hear about the opportunities, learn about them and take those first steps right. to explore it or get engaged. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, the biggest barrier, not once, you know, folks are there showing up, you know, there's a lot of other barriers just of affordable housing, of transportation, of, um, food insecurity that core members have to navigate in order to right. um, show up every day. I mean, sometimes people ask, why don't you have residential options? And part of it is that <laughs> right. we are a local core for local youth. Right. If we had residential options, people would move all over just to, to be right. in the experience, right? We want to stay here for local youth. We also partner with, you know, we partner with people who do housing, right? So let them do it well, connect yeah. with the youth who need yeah. housing, but part of it, too, is, is that how do you prepare to leave your house every day and come and show up to the project skill. site, yeah. you know, ready to be going all day and, and, and all of that. So 
we try to wrap around our young people with supports either that we provide directly or external to, to help them meet some of those barriers yeah. and challenges. Yeah, that's just fascinating because I, I can remember my own, you know, transition from being, you know, suburban kid, you know, going to school, that's the extent of it. And then all of a sudden you start working a quote real job or you're working something that's more hands-on and you're showing up and you, you don't have the skills. You don't bring gloves. You don't bring the right shoes. You don't bring any of those things that, you know, I mean, they're, you know, you get a little older and it's a, of course, but there is that awkward stage where people need to learn that kind of stuff. Yep. If, if they're, you know, if that's the path they're going to, they're going to trod. And I would think that, especially in terms of serving local youth, I mean, we have a, uh, you know, we have an affordable housing crisis here. And we certainly, I don't think you're uh, struggling to get, identify a, a large enough population group here to serve. So, I mean, it's admirable that it is a program that serves local youth because there's certainly a need. Yeah. And we definitely, we reach um, from Warm Springs down to Crescent and from Incredible. Sisters over to Prineville. Um, so we have opportunities both year round and summer in varying locations or transportation networks to get, you know, help young people get to where they need to go for centralized locations. Do you have multiple offices or multiple places where people can go? We sure do. So we have, um, uh, offices in Bend, Prineville, uh, our youth build program is in Sisters in Redmond, and we have our thrift store program in Madras. And then our summer conservation core crews are teen crews. Um, and we have adult crews that are going at the same time, but those summer only teen crews meet at the local forest service offices in seven different communities. So, um, lots of different access points for those 16 to 18 year olds who want that eight week forest service summer core position. Uh, Donna was telling me that you have an incredible fundraiser that you guys are going to be doing at, at Tethro. Your farm to fork. I've been yes, to those before. Do. And I was telling Aaron that they're just not your typical go have a dinner thing. They're really, really special. So tell him about some of the things you do there. I just I just love the way that you guys put it on. Thank you. Uh, farm to Fork is a community-based fundraiser. We get lots of business and corporate support. Uh, table sponsorships are available now. Uh, this year, it's at Tethero Resort on Friday, May 31st. Uh, We work with our uh, chef to provide a farm fresh, beautiful meal. Um, But importantly, you know, during the opening gathering area, we invite our youth to come and set up kind of like info booths, hands on info booths about what they do in their program. So they bring their chainsaws and they bring their (laughs) construction tools and they kind of lay them out and say, this is what I do. This is what I'm learning to kind of share that. Uh, we ask graduates and current core members who might be interested in public speaking if they'd like to share their story. We usually have three to six speakers every year, show some great video content. Um, and we really just ask for donations of support uh, during the event, leaving everyone lots of time to socialize and get to know each other while they get to know the organization. So that's our spring fundraiser, Farm to Fork. Uh, Sponsorships are available now for businesses, and tickets will go on sale in April, um, individual tickets. And we also have added a fall fundraiser. Oh, okay. um, Which has been going on for a couple years. It's called Endless Summer Nights. And we, uh, Mike's Fence Center is our title sponsor of both events. 
Um, and RNH Construction helps us plan and organize endless summer nights. Awesome. It's more of a family-friendly street fair sort of vibe with a unique twist that our corporate sponsors do cycle pub relay races uh, for <laughs> oh, a highly those cycle pubs are good for something for That's a highly <laughs> contested trophy that run you know rotates around to the oh, winner. Yeah. We have a kids area with bouncy houses and face painting and food trucks and. Uh, cornhole boards and bingo and things like that. Yeah. So it's uh, and that's on a Saturday, September fourteenth. So oh, the okay. Saturday after Labor Day. Nice time. Most people aren't traveling that yeah. weekend, and it's kind of just a nice thing to come and do with the family on a Saturday afternoon. Um, lots of fun. So where those are. Ho- our, where do you host that? At? That's at the Ben Parkin float next to the Pavilion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So really Down centrally located. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So a great way to get involved and support the work that our young yeah. people are doing in the community. And you young people come to that, I assume. And oh, it's yeah. just like a big picnic. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we have some sponsorships that specifically help us offer tickets, some yeah. prepaid tickets to yeah, yeah. our youth and their families. So they can. Well, we are kind of at the end of our uh, time here together. Are there any other things that, um, you want to speak to? Yeah. The other big thing for Heart of Oregon Corps in the future is that we are uh, underway for a capital campaign oh, for well. a centralized campus. Good for you taking that in on. In Redmond. Yeah. Yes. So right. we are 41% to our big goal, and um, we're hoping to be building in 2025. Um, so if folks are interested, there's some great information available on our website, heartoforegon.org. Uh, we would love uh, to, as that gets more underway, maybe come back someday and talk more absolutely. about that. Yeah. So I just have one last quick yeah, question. Absolutely. So is this program a unique one or are there other ones like it in other communities? Yeah, the Conservation core model is a tried and true model. Um, and there are hundreds of conservation cores, both local and more regional across the country. Uh, the Youth Build model also started in New York City in the 70s by uh, young people created it. And so there are about 200 youth built programs across the country and in about 17 countries around the world. So we independently operate the model with with grants and support, but we get to learn from that whole community of other networks that are doing that. So it's a it's like real local and we're local core, but we get we have all these networks with people across the country and learn from each other. And and it's an exciting, exciting part of our work. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us oh, today. Thank you for having and, uh, me. Yeah. Certainly shoot us updates and information on your fundraisers and we'll get it out to everybody. Thanks so much. Hope to see you there. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.